Hey everyone, welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, this is episode 101. Are we going to start numbering them now? Oh, I can't count that high, Seth. Come on. I mean, it's, it's going to be uh, something to behold. Um, the big fanfare, though, from the uh, 100th episode, I like that. Uh, the feedback's been great, and people still want us to do this. So uh, we're already in uncharted territory. Like I said, Seth, if preseason football can continue to make it, then I like our odds. <laughs> That's right. Uh, preseason football continues to be a major thing. Uh, I can't get it uh, enough of this. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like to put this down. I just, I tried to watch it this weekend. I know you did. You had to watch it. I tried. I can't. And it's weird because I love the NFL. And I'll be well, there for week one, like when it when it goes on for real, I can't wait. And this is different. Yeah, I mean, if I knew you were going to try to watch it, I would have given you the script and let you handle the odds for a day or so. We, we could roll over I said I tried. How long do you think I tried? How long do you think I stayed with it? Over under eight and a half minutes? Oh, less. Take the under. Less. Take, Take the it. under. Smash the under, folks. Yeah. Uh, easily. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I mean, um, some credit to players as they had uh, a pretty strong winning week uh, in preseason week two against the house, uh, especially hitting us up in play as uh, they properly predicted uh, the coming and goings and the success rates of the second, third string players coming in. Uh, that did come to a head with the Jets comeback on Monday Night Football. I mean, I know for all these players, it's not a score that matters, but for us bookmakers, it does. And uh, with the Jets on Monday Night Football and a couple of games over the weekend, we did see some underdogs get as high as 8-1, to 10-1 to in-game, which gave some really juicy betting opportunities for players, and they were able to stick that landing in a couple of them. So, again, even if it's not uh, the traditional game that we like, where we know what's happening from start to finish, it does provide those uh, pretty good betting opportunities for players. So, uh, with one week left, uh, I, I certainly won't be sorry to see it gone and for real meaningful football to be on our way soon. But, uh, yeah, again, not a bad about preseason week two for players. Right. Next week, Bills Rams. That's the Thursday night game. That's how it opens up. Uh, and I like the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. So um, um, that, that's my my early season prediction. Uh, and uh, I might make it interesting uh, this this coming season. Um, all right. Let's take a look at these preseason games, including uh, the first ever Amazon Prime video game in the United States. Uh, this is a big deal uh, for tech. And this is a big deal for um, all kinds of uh, the future of, of streaming media. Uh, this is the NFL broadcast. This is a longstanding relationship between the NFL and Amazon. And this is the first broadcast that they are going to do. Um, for me, you know, as a cord cutter, just going to be click on another button. <laughs> and plus it's preseason, so I'm barely going to watch anyway. Uh, they hired uh, Al Michaels to do the games, uh, you know, the legendary announcer. It's a big deal. The 49ers and the Texans from NRG Stadium. 49ers and Texans. Yeah, no, uh, very cool uh, that, uh, you know, Amazon is continuing to build on this platform, although, uh, you know, they do do the Twitch streaming as well, which I do personally find to be a bit of a rival towards my own Twitch streams these days. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, I guess, you know, uh, I'll have to see to the NFL uh, just a little bit. Uh, My uh, measly, we're only at 200 followers this day on the Live Football Sims channel. But, uh, you know, we're still building our way up there, Seth. And I feel one day we will be able to go toe-to-toe with the NFL. As for the 49ers-Texans, one of the reasons that the NFL will continue to draw my measly Twitch stream is that there are real lines, real betting, and real people actually playing these games. And uh, in this upcoming one, the 49ers are three-point road favorites at Bavada. 
And the total is sitting at 41 and a half for this one. Early days, Seth, but the 49ers are taking about 60% of the betting action so far. And that's pretty reflective on the over in this game as well. Uh, the other game that is a uh, uh, the big Thursday night broadcast on NFL Network, uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, that's a great matchup in normal times. This is not normal times. This is preseason week number three. Uh, so again, uh, Green Bay's favorite on the road at Arrowhead, but it, <laughs> Patrick Holmes, I don't even know if he's going to be there. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing at all. I mean, they shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't. Tradi- no. tradi- traditionally, they're not in the final game of the season, uh, final game of the preseason. And I, that's certainly reflected in what is the lowest over-under of the final week, Seth. The over-under at Bavada is sitting at 36 right now, which, listen, if the Packers and Chiefs were playing a meaningful regular season game, that might be what we might see coming just out of the first half, not for an entire game. Uh, but again, it is the silly season. It will be about how the second and third stringers perform. And mostly for two teams like this who are super well-established, know exactly who's going to be making up 99% of their roster going into opening day. This is just about uh, getting out of the final game of the preseason unscathed, uh, trying to avoid those injuries, trying to avoid any impact to meaningful players. Um, like you said, the Packers are road favorites in this one as well at three points, minus 160 on the money line, a little bit more money on the Packers so far. And uh Maybe no surprise that was such a low total that about 70% of the money is on the over so far. Maybe some players uh, do think that Mahomes and or Rodgers will be playing. They will be uh, sorely, dis- sorely disappointed if that is the case, though. I mean, do, look, I, I, I don't tell people how to spend their money. Do, do you think people do that? Do you people pe- think people go to the website and just click on it and say, well, hey, this is this is Packers Chiefs. Let's do this. You know, uh Seth, when uh, when, when we started uh, the Sims, and this last one I'm going to bring up Sims today because it feels like a massive plug, but when real football came back in uh, the fall of 2020 as uh, COVID, uh, I don't want to say started to recede a little bit, but our way to deal with it uh, did, we would post you know Sim games still up on the website, and it was teams that weren't even on the NFL schedule that week, and we had players complain to customer service because they ended up betting on a video game and not a real game. But you know we purposely picked games Look, that weren't even on right. the NFL schedule. So yeah, Look. we... You know, that's not the average player at Bavada. We generally have pretty discerning players. But, yeah, a couple times a week when NFL returned, uh, we did run into issues like that. There's something going on with, uh, with the, the superhero world. Um, you know, Warner Brothers and Discovery, they merge, right? Now it's Warner Brothers Discovery. And uh, they've been canceling a whole bunch of superhero projects. And a story came out from Deadline that said that this new Batman animated car- uh, series is uh, not going forward at HBO Max. Mm. And social media was like, oh my God, they're canceling this great show. This was so good. Oh my goodness, how can you do this? But the keyword was at HBO Max. It's still getting made. It just might not be on HBO Max. It might be on Netflix. It might be on Hulu. It might be on something else. That's the difference. And people just need to read the story. So all I'd say to betters, is just watch what you're doing. Just look. <laughs> Next week, uh, Bills-Rams is the uh, Thursday night game, and then a slew of Sunday games. It, it, it just, it'll, I cannot wait for the NFL to be back. Packers-Vikings, Chiefs-Cardinals is another gem. Uh, Bucks-Cowboys, Tom Brady got 11 days off for no reason. 
Yeah, I thought, so the big rumor was that he was going to be on The Masked Singer and that he might have had a contract with Fox that he couldn't get out of. Uh, either way, if you're Tom Brady, you're Tom Brady. You can miss 11 days of training camp and uh, no one says boo otherwise. Uh, no, one says, no one cares. I, yeah, the, exactly. the Masked Singer Must- thing, if that's true, that's crazy. I, I mean, listen, in 2022, Seth, uh, I... You know, I simultaneously question everything, but I also could believe anything at this point. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of uh, superheroes uh, and superhero shows, um, the new Game of Thrones uh, is... Uh, not, it's not Game of Thrones, but Game it's of like Thrones prequel, offshoot. prequel, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did, did you, apparently, 10 million people watched uh, the opening episode, something like that. I think it was the most watched uh, yeah, debut. Heard. Yeah. I, did, did you watch it? No. I never you saw Game of Thrones. You didn't. Uh, you you perp. You got. You stayed out of it entirely. Good for you. I stayed wow, out please. of it entirely. I uh, I never got into it, and uh, I I I never followed in the beginning. And then by the time people started to really catch on, it never never did anything for me. I I think you did it the right way, Seth. Because as you might have heard, uh, some grumbling from people that were into Game of Thrones, and I was one of those people. Uh, uh, boy, did they just really drop off in the final season. Uh, whoever wrote the books, he gave them the ending, but he didn't give them how to get there because he still hasn't finished the books himself and left to Hollywood's own devices. Uh, it was not so great. But uh, I think it's called uh, Something with Dragons. I should really know this. because we Something posted all- with Dragons. That's a new Some- podcast I subscribe to. Some- something, something with Dragons. Yeah, it's funny because we actually do have odds on this as well. And they asked me. But what are uh, the odds on? Well, just like who's going to, if, if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, it's pretty gory, pretty bloody. Who's going to be on the throne at the end of each season? Who's going to die? Um, and uh, we, we did post odds on this for the website, but um, yeah, House of the Dragon, that's what it's called. Um, and again, because that's not what the book was called as well. And I read these silly books, and this is why I'm frustrated by all this, because the folks at Bavada asked me, hey, you did such a great job with Game of Thrones odds before, Pat. Do you want to do the House of Dragon one? I said, absolutely not. And because of how poorly HBO stuck the landing on the Game of Thrones original series, I will have no no more interest in these series, even though 10 million people suggest I might be wrong and maybe I'll come around to it. But yeah, that's another crazy thing. Listen, we were just talking about NFL preseason. Let's go one step crazier. You can bet on House of the Dragon odds at Bavada. Who's going to die next? Who will be on the throne at the end of the season and everything in between? I personally won't be touching them, so I don't have... uh, any recommendations there, but uh, just a friendly reminder that we do get even crazier than NFLX. College football. I know a lot of people consider this uh, not to be week one. I know week one is next week, technically, but there are a bunch of games and those games actually take place. Uh, they're, 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 they're regular season games. This is not preseason, so it counts, uh, including a big game in Dublin, Ireland, Nebraska and Northwestern in a Big Ten showdown. Um People in Dublin, Ireland want to see the Nebraska Cornhuskers? What am I missing here? Well, Seth, you know, I'm uh, I'm clearly not as much of an expert on American geography and demographics as I thought I was, because when I thought of, you know, the Irish settling in America, I didn't think of Nebraska and cornfields. But, uh, you know, that's okay. Uh, I, I learn a little bit more each day. Uh, and, for example, I learned that, uh, you know, an opening week of college football can sometimes last nine or ten days. And I, you know, I should be used to stuff like this. You know, we have Sunday night football on Saturday nights uh, when it comes to playoffs in the NFL. We have a special edition of uh, Sunday night football on Thursday nights. So, you know, days, times, how many days are in a week? Those are all just constructs. And uh, I have to learn to uh, adjust with that just like everyone else. But we have real meaningful football. We were talking about 
the preseason nonsense. Uh, these are teams that are battling for, you know, meaningful, uh, you know, listen, Nebraska and Northwestern are not going to be at the top of the Big Ten at the end of the year. But these are two teams that uh, are still looking to take steps forward. Nebraska has had a really tough uh, last five years inside of the Big Ten. Um, but you know what? They're looking okay in this one, though. They are 13-point favorites at Bavada. The over-under is sitting at 15.5, and about 70% of all bets set are on the Cornhuskers in this one. It is a small slate for this opening appetizer of the week, but uh, it is one of the largest uh, positions on the board for us so far. Nebraska opened up at minus 10 all the way back a couple months ago when we first posted these lines, and again, have moved all the way up to 13. And that is something that's always potentially attractive to players with these week one or early uh, week games, is that uh, because we post them from so far out, you are going to get a good deal of line movement from those openers and where we are today. Again, Nebraska sitting 13 at Bavada. Vanderbilt and Hawaii are battling. I always love to see that whenever uh, Hawaii Rainbows host a game, especially in August. So you're in August and you get to go to Honolulu. Uh, Not a bad trip. Uh, Vanderbilt and Hawaii, that's a a CBS Sports Network, uh, at least in the United States. Uh, It's the late game on Saturday. And again, it counts. Again, it counts, and uh, I've got to say I'm incredibly grateful that for Hawaii, you said it's a late game, but it's not the late, late game that Hawaii games can be, and every other single Hawaii game this season, home game, I should say, of course, Seth, uh, there'll be midnight kickoffs. Uh, this one's just a measly 10.30 Eastern time, so that means me and my guys will at least be able to get a little bit more sleep. Uh, these college football games do run about three and a half, sometimes four hours, so it'll still be a late night, but uh you know, sometimes those Hawaii games are keeping us up to 4, 4.30 in the morning Eastern if you get over. And when you ha- get that on a Saturday leading into an NFL Sunday, it is absolutely brutal for us. So thank you thank you to the schedule makers for at least giving us one Saturday uh, of a slightly better sleep. But as for the odds themselves, Seth, uh, Vanderbilt is currently sitting as a seven-point road favorite at Bavada in this one. This line has uh, this line has gone all the way up from four and a half for Vanderbilt when we opened going back all the way to May. Uh, it's kind of danced back and forth between six and seven since then and has been on seven steady for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Vanderbilt currently getting about 65% of all bets on that point spread, Seth, and the over-under is sitting at 55 right now. Well, pretty split action there. Yeah, like I said, at least the uh, college football uh, counts uh, and it and it's ready. You know, this is kind of the calm before the storm because with the uh, realignment and the uh, the new uh, $8 billion television contract the Big Ten signed. Um, did you see that in 2017, the Big Ten television contract was $440 million? It went from $440 million to $8 billion. Well, with inflation, that's just pennies, right? So, <laughs> Well, and, and the, the big argument is that if you are one of the 16 teams in the Big Ten, sorry, I can't <laughs> get over that. That's some um, tricky math, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like they're going to add, I think, four teams. Uh, if they add 14, let's say there's 20 teams, those 20 teams have more revenue by 300% than a than a school in the other conferences. Now, the SEC thinks they're going to combat that, so the SEC is going to be 1 and 1A with the Big Ten. But what about the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, all these other conferences that are just going to be like the second banana. I feel like here on the at odds podcast, we're going to talk about the sec and the big 10 or big 20, whatever they call themselves. Big Uh, 10 times two. 
And then it'll just be the leftovers. Well, we, we could start a whole other podcast called The Leftovers. <laughs> HBO might have a problem with that. Uh, another great series, by the way. Um, They're probably canceling it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we'll... Uh, Listen, I, there are even if these other conferences that are about listen, there's a one in one A with the Big Ten and SEC. You're absolutely right, uh, but there are still blue bloods in these other programs. Whether they leave uh, the Pac-12 and ACC behind and uh, you know continue to join uh, the SEC and Big Ten or create their own conference, uh, listen, they've all got enough money that even if geographically it makes no sense whatsoever, uh, they'll find a way to be okay with flying all over the country. Uh, if Rutgers can be in the Big Ten. Then, uh, you know, and if Notre Dame can figure out flying all over the place uh, as often as they do, um, teams like USC, teams like UCLA, uh, teams like Clemson, teams like North Carolina, you know, Duke, if you just want them for basketball, uh, they will all find homes. So, but it doesn't, it, it certainly doesn't uh, bear well for the future of those conferences like the ACC, like the Pac 12, and what that means for, you know, auto bids, what it means for how these uh, conferences are rated going into college basketball and March Madness. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, ultimately, with college, uh, you're still, generally speaking, going to see your top three or four teams uh, make the college football playoff each year. You're probably going to see an expansion of this playoff, uh, you know, very, very soon. And listen, as long, as long as the the quality of the games on the field are still strong, as long as I can get 100-plus games each week, it doesn't really matter to me what conferences uh, these teams are playing in. There, there's already been so much movement in my young life of being a college football fan that... Uh, I don't really have any, you know, massive tie-ins to this conference. Although if I were to pick for one, it's always still kind of amusing to me that when an SEC team is playing a non-SEC team, uh, that the whole stadium will cheer out the name of the conference. You just don't see that anywhere else. And it does speak to why the SEC, and to some extent the Big Ten, but really the SEC is just on a whole other level and why they are uh, the cream rising to the top. It's just gonna it's just gonna change the landscape even more. I mean, it's always been the haves and the have nots, but it feels like the other schools in the in you know and I'm an ACC fan and I make no secret about that. And I just feel like the ACC, not only do I have a crappy football team in a bad conference, but it's gonna get to be where I have no chance of competing. And I, I don't know. I, I you know, the money continues to get higher and higher and higher for the haves, not the have nots. And it's just it, it's it's the dichotomy. It should it it's like the Premier League. Make the a the SEC and the Big Ten be in one league with one national champion, and then give me the rest, and it'll be like the Festivus uh, League. Oh my God! You had to bring up the Premier League, Seth, after Liverpool's uh, Monday afternoon performance against yeah, Man who's United. At the top of the table. Uh, you know what? I was actually going to, uh, you know, text you and congratulate you. But now that, uh, you know, I can hear a little bit of braggadocia in your voice there, uh, I'm yeah, glad I refrained from doing so. But yeah, I have, to, I have to scroll now on the EPL table to find my team uh, currently sitting in 16th, uh, one point clear of the relegations. I know we're only three games in, but my God, Liverpool looks bad this year. Uh, obviously, big expansion to, uh, suspension to Darwin Nunez and uh it, it, it has been tough. We, we look bad. We look frustrated. Coach looks frustrated. Uh, but Arsenal looks great. And you know what? I, In the absence of my team doing anything well, I do hope Arsenal continues to go on a bit of a run. Currently oh, top of so the table, Phoebe. Yeah, that's very that cool. Very so cool. much fun. But we'd have, we have to take six weeks off from uh, Thanksgiving to Christmas uh, for, the, uh, for the World Cup. So it's, it's a weird season. So it's an early start to a good season. And uh, it just it feels like the, the Premier League is going to end in the future. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like we'll have the flying car by the time the Premier League season ends. It's going to be well, a long, it, long season. It still feels weird because Liverpool's won Premier League title in uh, my time following them. It occurred during COVID. They got like the yeah. asterisk title, which a lot of people like to tell right. me that it is, uh, right. which I quite hate. Because they stopped. For- right. Because it was they were in first place at the time and they stopped. Yeah. Uh, you're Arsenal now, all the way up to ten to one to win the English Premier League. Uh, they were about uh, thirty to one to start the season right now. It's a nice little movement uh, for your boys. Oh, that would have been better if I had bet them when they were thirty to one. That would. It's uh, uh, not the uh, bet with my heart, not my head. Um, also, the U.S. Open gets underway next week. Um, it'll get started uh, before we do our next podcast. Um, every all eyes will be on Serena Williams, but also the return of Naomi Osaka. What kind of movement is there on the uh, U.S. Open front? It's always the to me, it's the granddaddy of them uh, of all the majors. It's the final major of the year. It's kind of the, and I always look at it as the uh, the official end of summer. The U.S. Open welcomes you into football season and beyond. Yeah, um, and a, a great tournament, a great way to cap the year and the hard court season as well. Uh, I, I'm always personally frustrated that the championship uh, does run into college football Saturdays and, and that NFL Sunday, unless uh, you're lucky, and I say lucky selfishly for me, and that you get a little bit of weather. And if you get a little bit of weather delaying these games, we have seen multiple years where the men's final has occurred on a Monday afternoon as opposed to Sunday. And when that's occurred, that's been beauty because then you get like a 3 or 4 p.m. match uh, leading into Monday night football. And I don't know why they just couldn't purposely schedule that each year for the North American sports fan that loves to have it all. And of course I'm talking about myself right here, but <laughs> as we get to the odds specifically, uh, Naomi Osaka currently 16 to one at Bavada. She is the third uh, largest favorite on the, on the female side behind Iga and Simona Halep who are plus three fifty and seven to one respectively. Uh, interesting to see what Osaka is able to do after that, such a big layoff like that. And, of course, the other story there on the women's side is uh, Serena Williams. You know, we've talked about it before. She's uh, not playing very good tennis right now. Uh, you know, I think people are betting with their heart. We just talked about that. As she is 50-1 to 1 at Bavada right now, which is, of course, uh, you know, not the odds that we're used to seeing for someone of her historically strong caliber. But given her current form, that is what we price her at. And as a result, she is our biggest uh, liability at Bavada uh, at that 50-1 to 1 price right now. Again, we're not expecting her to go far. But, uh, you know, betters love an underdog, betters love betting with their heart, betters love traditionally betting on Serena Williams to the extent that they love betting on Tiger Woods or any other of these, you know, marquee players whose sadly best days are, are long behind them. Yeah, it should be a great tournament. And uh, no um, uh, Novak Djokovic because of the vaccine it still boggles my mind. Um, it's still. Yeah, so interesting uh, sentiment there. So as of this recording, and we'll find out later in the week, uh, he still cannot play. Um, he's still hoping that he can play. Right. Um, so we do have odds on him right now to win the tournament. And while we don't usually do this for futures bets, and we've talked about this with Kentucky Derby when you're posting odds for, yeah, yeah. you know, so far out, if somebody uh, withdraws, then unfortunately that's too bad. However, with Djokovic, we have posted odds. And if he does not participate in the men's U.S. Open tournament, all bets on him will be no action. So if you think yeah he's going to play, you can take a crack at him. Otherwise, uh, you know, looking at the players that we know will be playing, uh, Medvedev, Nadal, uh, Kyrgios, it's uh, you know a super wide open field right after that. 
And, uh, you know, Nick Kyrgios has got the most bets on him so far. We actually have a six-figure liability on him wow. uh, at 7-1. to one, And uh, part of that just speaks to how well he's been playing this year. Uh, when we posted the U.S. Open odds at the beginning of the year, again, like Kentucky Derby, we'll post this stuff up every January for the entire season. Uh, you were able to get him as high as 80-1. to one. So, again, his form this year has been as strong that we've seen him get dropped from 80 to 33 to 20 to about seven to one for just over the last month. Again, a six-figure loss on him. Uh, that's not usually what we expect to see uh, for a major tournament like this with so many other great players in there. So uh should be a fascinating tournament. I hope the tennis is great. Uh, even if it's not what the book needs, I do hope Serena makes a bit of a run because it would be great just for interest and just for legacy, just to have that happen a little bit more. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the future of tennis uh, continues to be strong on both the men, men's and women's side. I'm looking forward to as much of it that I can watch. Unfortunately, just not as much as I can because of all those unfortunate Saturday and Sunday uh, football games. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of lot of football that's going to take a place. Uh, there's no secret about that. Uh, it's always weird when the uh, men's final is up against uh, NFL week one and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what am I supposed to be watching here? Um, that'll do it for the uh, At Odds podcast. Our thanks to uh, Patrick Morrow, of course, for uh, d- doing this with us. Episode 101. We have 98 left until we get to 200. So just uh, hang on with us for the countdown. We'll see you next week. Man, 101 versus number one. 201 is going to be a breeze. Mm-hmm.